Evening. I am the Reverend John Pinder, Assistant Curate at Christ Church Cathedral in New Providence. I am a Kersey Easter. I attended Bahamas Men's Curcio number 26, and my rector was Mr. David Ferguson. And welcome to the Curcio's devotional program for this first week of Advent. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. O God, who is our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 13, beginning at verse 24. Mark 13, verses 24 to 37. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone. Watch the Gospel of Christ. My sisters and brothers, as we begin a new liturgical year, we find ourselves on the first Sunday of Advent. And our gospel reading for today is a gospel reading that is a sobering reminder for us as Christians. It, it touches a topic that a lot of us do not like to touch. And that is this eschatological reality, this end time reality. Eschatology is the study of the end times, that time when 
we as Christians believe the Son of Man will return, not as a babe in a manger, but as a glorious king, as God and ruler of us all, and he will come for a ready people. We believe in a rapture in which God's elect, those who are believers, those who are in that fellowship with Christ will be called up to meet him in the air. And then following that, there will be a period of judgment for those who are left behind. And it is that final period of judgment where the sheep will be separated from the goat. Those who harden their hearts will be with the goat. And at the end of that tribulation period, they will meet not a smiling savior, but a very harsh judge. And those whose hearts are turned more toward God will repent. And should they make it to that end day, they too will meet him in the air. And it's a very sobering topic. It's one that a lot of people do not like to touch. It's one that a lot of people try to stray away from. But in our church's liturgical calendar, at the very beginning of the liturgical year, we always find ourselves on the precipice of this sort of talk. The season of Advent for us coincides with the commemoration of the first coming of Christ as a babe in a manger and it is at that opportunity that the church takes the church takes that opportunity sorry to challenge us to take stock of our lives that as we commemorate this first coming of Christ we also remind ourselves and continue as we should always be doing to ready ourselves for the second coming of Christ. And this is where our gospel reading picks up for today. And in order to appreciate the gospel reading, we have to kind of look at the entire chapter very briefly. The chapter itself, all of Mark 13, focuses on the destruction of the temple and the end times. And so as Jesus is Leaving the temple, his, him and his disciples begin to have a conversation about those who are trying to persecute him. In, in Mark, in, in the beginning of Mark, sorry, they have this conversation about all that they have gone through thus far. They make comments on the, the, elaborate, the elaborate buildings and, and the town and the temple that they just came in and and it is in this context that Jesus begins his discourse about the destruction of the temple. The temple for the Jews was very central to their religious worship. So it was very blasphemous. It was fighting words that Jesus would talk about this destruction of the temple. But then he goes even further after talking about the destruction of the temple to talk about the persecution that the disciples will experience because of their relationship with him. The suffering that they will experience, the endurance that they must have. And then Jesus goes on to talk even more about the general suffering of the world. And it is in that context that he picks up and says in those days, Following all of that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. But what I really like about this reading is at the very end, when Jesus says, 
in verses 32 to 37, he uses the analogy of the owner of the house going out and putting his servants in charge and no one knowing when he will come back. And it is interesting because although he tells them to be watchful, Jesus in verse 34 emphasizes that each of them has their assigned task. Each of them has their assigned task. And so for me, there are two things that come out of this reading. The first is that the owner of the house put the servants in charge. It was their responsibility to take care of what was left behind for them. As Christians, it is our responsibility to take care of the church that God has entrusted to us. It is our responsibility to take care of the believers that God has entrusted to us. In other words, it is not the responsibility of the priest or the pastor but it is the responsibility of all Christians to be caring and responsible for the world and the church that has entrusted has been entrusted to us. This means that our lives must first and foremost set the standard because we are the ones responsible. It means that we must live lives that are holy, we must live lives that are righteous. We must live lives that are loving. We must live lives that are forgiving. We must live lives that strive to make peace and not strife. Because we are the ones in charge. The master did not leave us to be in charge of a household that is run by and of chaos but a house that runs according to his standard. It means then that as Christians, we must run a house that still has the divine power of God running through it. Not a house that says, oh, those things can't happen no more because that time has passed, but a house that recognizes that the power and the spirit of God is still moving, still active, still vibrant, that there are miracles that are still taking place, that healing can still take place, that broken people can still be mended. This is the house that we are responsible for. And as Christians, I'm talking to seasoned Christians, people who have been through some stuff, people who have walked this walk long enough. And so, no, you're not perfect. But just like the servants were left to take care we are also left to take care. The late Miles Monroe would always talk about the fact that there was this leadership deficit in our world. That there was a leadership deficit in our country and in our churches. In other words, the people that were in charge never equipped the up and coming to take over. And I believe that as the church, as an Anglican church, we are suffering from a similar fate. We have been left in charge in this part of God's vineyard. 
as the province of the West Indies, as the Diocese of the Bahamas and the Turks and Caicos Islands, we have been left in charge of the care of souls. As with any denomination that is inspired by God's holy word, there are a group of people that we are responsible for. And if we try to hold on to the power, if we try to have our way, and if we do not learn to decrease so that God can increase, then we do not leave room to then allow the Holy Spirit to lead and train the up and coming to take over. Being responsible means succession planning. It means nurturing those who are under us so that when we transition into another chapter, we know that our ministries, we know that our churches, we know that our diocese, we know that our families, we know that our communities, and by extension, our country is left in good hands. The master of the house left his servants in charge so that when he would come back, they didn't know when, but when he would come back, he would meet a ready house. Our responsibility then, as Christians on this first Sunday of Advent, is to take, <clears throat> to take seriously the responsibility that has been entrusted to us, wherever we find ourselves, whether it's in this Curcio ministry, whether it is within our parishes, whether it is within our families or our workplaces, if there is a person in your life, then you have to believe and understand that God is able to use you to care for and minister to and pray with that individual. That is a part of the house. Remember, God sends rain on the just and the unjust, not because they are not Christian, does not mean that God has not called you to care for them because they will know you are a Christian by your love and that love should be contagious. And so when they see that, okay, this is how these people are living, I want peace of this, then they become a part of God's family and they become a part of your responsibility. And so our first challenge this Advent season is that yes, we have and we serve a God that will come back day for will come back one day for a ready people. And it is our responsibility as those who have that relationship with God to make sure that the household, whatever that household is, however that household looks, but to make sure that that household is ready. The second thing that comes out of this is that they each had their assigned task. They each had their assigned task. In other words, there was still some work for them to do. There was still something for them to do. When we hear of this end time talk, we tend to close our doors and close our windows and close up shop and we, we get afraid like, like the, the doomsday preparation people in the United States when they think the world is coming to an end they store up and hoard up all kinds of things and go bunker down so that when it happens that they are in position and they are safe but the thing is we are never told that the servants were required to shelter in place but they had a work to do there is still work to do 
There are still people that need to hear the gospel message. There are still broken people that need to feel that love that can repair them, that love of Christ. There are people out there that still need prayers who are going through something. There are people out there that still need to see the miracles of God taking place. There is still a work to do. This season of Advent, this first Sunday of Advent, then challenges us to get busy. When you think about the readings last Sunday for the Feast of Christ the King, it, it focused on doing a lot of stuff. The, the, the king said, when you did it to the least of these, when you visited, when you fed, when you clothed, you did it unto me. That was considered true and laudable service. So until the owner of the house returns, there is still some things to be done, some cleaning up that needs to take place. In other words, speak the word of God in season and out of season, whether they want to hear it or not. There is still some things that need to get cooked, cook up the food, feed those who are hungry. There are still rooms in the house that need to be occupied, shelter, help to shelter those who are homeless. There are still people that need to feel the warmth and the love of the home until the master returns. Let people feel the love of Christ in our churches. The reality is some of our churches are very cold places. They are members only clubs. If you don't go there, you are not welcomed there. And that is not the kind of busyness that God calls us to. But rather he calls us to open up the home, to let people in. So that when the master returns, he can see that the home is being put to to good use. Each of us has a task. Each of us has a gift. Each of us has a purpose and a ministry that we are, to, we are called to work in. And as we prepare for this second coming of Christ, we are not to, to sit on our hands, but to get busy because there is a lot of work to do. And so my family on this First Sunday of Advent, my encouragement for all of us as we take stock of our lives, as we consider the reality that one day this world as we know it will pass away and that we will meet our Savior. I want to challenge you in these two ways to make sure that you are responsible for what you have been left to be responsible with. And make sure that you are busy doing the work that God has called you to do. Because no one knows the day or the hour. No one knows when the master will call us home or come for us. But whether he calls us or whether he shows up, when we get in his presence, we have to give an account for what was expected of us. What will your account look like. Amen.
Sir. 